Pastor Chris's podcast. So it is the tradition at Pleasant Grove that at the beginning of each new year to have a State of the Communion address, sort of patterned after the State of the Union address that the presidents give. And uh, I don't know, I should have looked this up to figure out how long I have to give this speech because presidential speeches, I think, are usually an hour or an hour and a half. 20 minutes. Uh huh. Somebody's going to have to fact check that. But I will try to keep it much shorter than that. But I do want to kind of do what, what a president does during that time of year, where we look back at the accomplishments of the previous year and look forward to some of our goals and initiatives for the coming year. My hope is that this will give us all a chance to pause and remember and celebrate what Christ has accomplished through us because it's so easy to forget that stuff and to lose it through the the going on of time and all of the hubbub that we have. A further hope for me today is to give us some direction for our ministry in the coming year. But before we get into those details, I want us to hear the word of God Because all that we believe and all that we do is founded on God's word. And I believe God's word will give us much needed perspective in our task today. So I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21. Hear these words of Paul in the word of God. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Paul's words in this scripture remind us who we are. When a person becomes a Christian, they become a totally new person. In fact, the transformation is so significant, it can be described as the old person dying and a new person coming to life. Jesus described it in John 3, 3 as being born again. This dramatic distinction between the old self and the new self may be easier to realize when a person becomes a Christian as a teenager or an adult because they are more self-aware and they can distinguish a time before they knew Christ and a time after. But many people in the church, thankfully, grow up always knowing and always following Christ. For them, they cannot ever remember a time before they were Christians. And there is nothing to worry about. That's actually a good thing. In fact, it is my hope for my own children. It is my hope for all of the children that we raise up in this church. I don't want them to ever have gone down a wrong road so that they have to get back on the right road and have a dramatic conversion experience like the Apostle Paul did, right? 
We don't want them to make those wrong decisions. We want them to make the right decisions from the beginning. And that is our hope as we lead our children. We take note of those dramatic conversion experiences because they stand out. But it is not what we necessarily hope for people. But the point is, anyone who is a Christian has become a drastically different person and they have a drastically different purpose in life than a non-Christian. A non-Christian believes that they are free to choose their own path and do whatever they want in life. Ironically, they are actually slaves and are not free. Their sinful nature, their selfish pursuits, and the corrupt world work together to trap them in a downward spiral to death and damnation. Though they seek pleasure and fulfillment, it is always fleeting and elusive because all people were created for a relationship with God and we cannot be at peace without it. Christians realize the great gift God gave the world through Jesus Christ. Humanity was lost in sin, completely separated from God, utterly hopeless. But Jesus died on the cross to atone for our sin and make it possible for people to reconcile with God. And the Christian has chosen to die to self and abandon selfishness instead, and instead to live for God. By following Christ's way of life, to take up a cross every day and to follow Jesus. Ironically, by giving up our selfish ambitions, we discover true life. By fulfilling our divine purpose, to live in harmony with God. And so a Christian's purpose is the same as Christ's purpose. We are here in this world as ambassadors for Christ. We are here to to, uh, let God use us to reconcile the world to him. God is making his special appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead come back to God. And so at the beginning of this new year, I ask all of you, if you are truly a Christian, to remember your purpose. You are not living to please yourself. You are here as Christ ambassadors, reconciling people to God. This is our purpose at Pleasant Grove. It's not about our traditions, our events, or how many people we can get to come to Trunk or Treat. It's not about how many sack lunches we pack. It's about reconciling the world of lost people to God through Jesus Christ. We are Christ's voice pleading with the world. Come back to God. That was, our, that was the purpose that guided us in 2021, and I hope it will be the purpose that guides us in 2022. And all of the things that we do should support that mission. 2021 was a whirlwind, right? I don't know if you felt that way. I most certainly did. It has gone by so fast. I am truly dumbfounded by how fast it went by. It feels to me as if it's still January 2021. I literally, it feels like I was just sitting down yesterday making, trying to figure out, all right, 
God, where in the world do you want this church to go in 2021? And now it's 2022, and I'm doing it again. But we have a direction that we wanted to go last year, and we were working hard to put it into place. And so now here we are, because we have worked so hard and we have done so much, it just flew by so fast. And um, so much has happened over the last 12 months. I have to look back and to remember it all, or it will be lost and forgotten. And if I'm being completely honest, ministry has been really hard over the last year. 2021 began with such great hopes that a vaccine would finally rid us of COVID-19, that we would just be able to get back to things as normal. We made some good progress, but I think that we have all by this time been disabused of the idea that COVID is just going to go away. We are going to be living with this virus and different variations of it for some time. And so in the midst of it, we have been laboring to resume important ministries like in-person Sunday school, Bible study, children's ministry, choir rehearsal, and other things while dealing with quarantines and sicknesses, new variants, fewer volunteers, and inconsistent attendance. And I realize that this has been hard for everyone. It has been especially hard for the leaders of our church. Leaders put on a brave face. We don't like people to see our weakness. And sometimes we feel like it's harder to lead if people see us that way. But the, those who are closest to leaders know how they struggle. I myself have talked to my wife numerous times about my frustrations in ministry this year because it feels like you're walking through mud up to your, up to your thighs. You can move, but it's just slogging and every step along the way is difficult. And I have shed tears in the office as Angela and I have talked and about things that we need to do and things that we're trying to do and the frustrations that have been there. Leading in 2021 was frustrating. We see where Pleasant Grove needs to go and we're focused and committed to leading, uh, leading the church there, but there are so many obstacles to navigate along the way and people are scared and anxious and frustrated and uncertain and tired and many people have drifted away from their commitment to Christian habits, got out of the habit of things that they had just always done. And some have even lost their focus on Christ's call to be his ambassadors and to do it together with people here at Pleasant Grove. And in truth, I have sometimes felt as if some people didn't care or that they were disappointed in me for not doing enough when in fact I was doing all I could. I have been expending exorbitant amounts of spiritual energy to try to push the church forward to reboot ministries that were shut down for over a year, even as some were expressing their own frustrations and concerns and comparing our efforts to what other churches were doing or what people thought we should do, or even maybe what they thought their pastor should do. But despite these frustrations, we have made great strides in 2021 to resume essential ministries. And I want to point some of these out 
so that they don't get overlooked. Because starting back was far more important and much harder than shutting down, but not necessarily as exciting or dramatic. You know, it was easy. I mean, I don't want to say it was easy to call off church, but it was just like flipping a switch. You just say, hey, we're not having church. We're going to do it all online. But trying to turn it back on, that, my friends, is a whole different ballgame. Because you can't just flip a switch and say, hey, I know you had not been to church for almost a year, but come on back. It just doesn't work that way. But despite these, these things, we have made great, great progress. Do you remember that at this time last year, many of our ministries were still not meeting in person. All of our in-person Sunday school classes were on pause or were only meeting it by Zoom one year ago. There was, no sun, there was no Thursday morning Bible study. No children's church. We were, the only group that I think was gathering was the youth. They were gathering on the south side of the campus upstairs, socially distanced, wearing masks for pizza with Amy. We were still not allowed to do pastoral visits to people in hospitals or nursing homes. Funerals were still limited to 50 people or less. We were not meeting for dinner on Wednesday nights. Almost all of our activities besides Sunday morning worship were still shut down one year ago. And our in-person Sunday morning worship attendance this Sunday, one year ago, was 33 people. That was in two services. The entire combined attendance was 33 people. Now you look around and this one service on a Sunday which tends to be low attendance, there's more than 30 people in this one service. I think altogether we will probably double today what we had last year. And our average regular attendance on Sunday mornings has gotten up close to 100 and that's just for in-person, not including those that are gathered with us online. And remember this too. One year ago today, we didn't have hymnals in the sanctuary. And there they are, right in front of you. And it's a good thing because we needed them today. So throughout the entire year of 2021... We've been rebuilding, rebooting, regathering volunteers and, and attendees, figuring out how to do it all again with ongoing restrictions and concerns about new variants. And it's been a lot of hard work, but so rewarding to see everyone gathering together again. And though it, looking back, it may feel like we haven't made much progress because it's been two steps forward and one step back, Right? All year long. But let me remind you, if you take two steps forward and one step back and you do it consistently for a whole year, you make a lot of progress, even though it's hard. And we should be excited and happy because think about this, too. If you're taking two steps forward and one step back, you're taking three steps when in the past you were only taking one. We have worked three times as hard and three times as many steps this past year as we ever have before.
We've resumed regular weekly children's church and Wednesday night children's ministry under the leadership of our new children's minister, Tiffany Tankersley. Tiffany has been working diligently despite falling down steps and breaking her face in her first month on the job here at Pleasant Grove. Tiffany has been working to ramp up our in-person kids programs. And really, you think about this. She really built them from scratch because she, didn't, she was never here to be a part of what we were doing before COVID. She never experienced that. Every single thing she did was absolutely new to her. And she did it while she also endured three reconstructive surgeries on her face. That's amazing. And it has been such a blessing to see her on board, to see her genuine passion to teach kids about the love of Jesus Christ. Our Sunday school classes have resumed meeting every Sunday in person and our Bible study has resumed meeting in person and we have a regular attendance of 10 to 15 people. And we have completed studies of the book of James, Jonah, and will soon finish the book of Psalms. This year, I was also able to do some hospital and nursing home visits uh, for the first time since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, though there are still sometimes restrictions with new variants that emerge. And I started sending cards to our shut-ins every week. I try to send five cards out to different shut-ins in the church. The choir was blessed to resume weekly rehearsals for fully vaccinated members starting in May. We began by sitting out in the congregation, in the pews. We wanted to be socially distanced, and so we came in wearing masks and only taking them off to sing. Over time, we eventually worked our way back up into the choir loft, where it felt so nice to be sitting in a sea of choral voices. And then we had to deal with the Delta variant and having to leave that and go back out into the pews where he felt that it would be more safe. But we have been blessed to be able to sing together as a choir. And the congregation, I think, has been blessed on Sunday mornings, too, to see the choir singing together in person. And it has been quite a blessing. Consider that in December 2020, just a little over a year, like a year and a few weeks ago, the Christmas cantata was done virtually. In other words, it was pre-recorded ahead of time and we had to watch it on the television screens. No, no in-person choir up here in the choir loft to sing. And then just a few weeks ago, we were blessed to have the choir back sitting in the choir loft, blessing us with a beautiful live Christmas cantata. And I want to thank David for his leadership in all of that, because I know it was difficult, because he had to push that extra energy to get it done, to coordinate, to prayerfully think about if we can do it, how we can do it safely, what if something new happens and we have to pull back, all of that's going on in addition to the regular duties of trying to lead music ministries at our church. So I appreciate what David has done. And I can't imagine uh, conversations he might have had with Amy uh, in the background that nobody knows about as he's, you know, trying to prayerfully lead the congregation and uh, music ministries. In September, we resumed Wednesday night fellowship meals after 
a 17 month break, 17 months of not having dinner on Wednesday night and we started it back. Now, you don't just start back Wednesday nights. <laughs> you, it doesn't just, it's not like you flip a switch and it starts back. Angela Stack and Angel Kirk had to work together to figure out how can we have food, how can we have it safely. Oh yeah, and we need volunteers. And people say, well, you just go get your old volunteers. Listen, after 17 months of not doing it, you don't have any volunteers anymore. You can't just pick up a list and say, hey, let's do this. No, you have to call all of those people, say, are you still willing to do it? Uh, who, who's new that we need to do it? Who can't do it? You have to get it all organized, basically, from scratch. And they did that. The resumption of all of these ministries took place in the midst of concerns about new COVID variants like Delta and Omicron that made us second guess ourselves and worry and are we doing the right thing? Are we going to make somebody sick? All of that. And sometimes we were first to pause and step back, rethink things, redo things. Throughout 2021, we were dealing with all of that and yet we were doing such great work. And we also saw so many people joining our fellowship. Praise God, our first new member since the beginning of the pandemic was Connie Reed, who joined the church on May the 9th, 2021, almost a year after the pandemic started. We also received Robert and Melissa Starling and their two boys, Garrett and Ellis, Chris and Ashley Uten and their infant son, Ben, and we baptized Kelsey and Chad Eichard's baby girl, Julianne. In 2021, we saw five new members of the church, two people who gave their life to Christ, one who rededicated their life to Christ, and we had six baptisms. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's not forget these things in the midst of all that's been going on. And I can't let it pass without saying that through all of this terrible pandemic, the people of Pleasant Grove have continued to faithfully give generously to our church in ways that honestly we had never experienced prior to COVID. But you have been faithful and generous. Your faithful giving allowed us to keep doing ministry and even to surge ahead in these crazy times. In July, we launched Operation Mercy Drops, to award three kinds of grants to help and honor people in our community. The three types of grants, we have merit grants that honor people for serving, service grants that help community organizations making a difference in our community, and hardship grants that help people in need. So far, we have awarded five $1,000 grants and one $500 grant. That's a total of $5,000 $500 that we were able to use to help people in special ways. This program was or has been recognized nationally by the United Methodist denomination as an innovative model for how to be the hands and feet of Christ. There are people in Ohio and Washington state that are looking at what our church did in 2021 and saying, that's awesome. We need to copy them. And that's amazing. We did it in the midst of a global pandemic. And I want to thank this church for stepping up in faith to do it because I know it was hard. 
Because for so many years, the church has struggled financially and was always like, well, we don't know if we're going to have enough money to do this and pay this and pay our bills. And then all of a sudden, in the pandemic, things got better financially. But we were still thinking, but we're in the middle of a pandemic. What happens if this happens or if that happens? And in the midst of that, you had the faith to step out and do this thing, which has been a tremendously successful and helpful thing. And I want to thank you. And I want to thank Selena and Mike and Rita and, um, and um, Kelly Scruggs for leading this program as the committee. And also I want to thank you for sponsoring people. And I want to encourage you to please sponsor someone. In the back of the Narthex, there are brochures. And you need to pick one of those up today when you go and read about that program because we need people to sponsor. Um, we actually, um, were, had our, they had their last meeting and they didn't have any new people who had been sponsored. So they had to go back and look at some of the old people that had been nominated that didn't receive a grant. This program only works if you sponsor people. And so we need you to do it. And also I want to say this. You know, it's not just about people who have a hardship that need help. That is only one third of the program. The other is rewarding someone who's doing good things and helping community organizations. And we need more people to be sponsored like that. And that's awesome. Think about it. You could go up to a coworker, your boss, someone that works for you, a neighbor, a relative, and you could simply say, now, this person doesn't have any special need, but they are always doing great things. And how cool would it be for you to be able to go up to them and say, hey, we love what you're doing. Here's $1,000 just to say, you're awesome and thank you. That, that, or to go to a community organization here in town and say, hey, we love what you're doing. Here's $1,000 to help you do it even better. We can do that. You can help us do it. So pick up one of those brochures and help us do that. So 2021 was a challenging year, but it was a year of great ministry at Pleasant Grove Methodist Church. Don't be discouraged. Don't lose heart because it was hard. We are doing great things in the name of Jesus Christ, and we will continue to do great things in 2021. So let's look ahead to the new year. First of all, I want you to know that I am committed to be your pastor for the foreseeable future. I know that I'm a United Methodist pastor and we're United Methodists and we are only officially appointed to a church for one year at a time. Uh, however, I've been fortunate to be appointed one year at a time for many years here at Pleasant Grove, very happily to do it. However, we are still in the midst of a pandemic and the United Methodist denomination will be navigating a denominational split sometime in the next couple of years, possibly even this year. These are extraordinary circumstances, unlike anything we or the United Methodist Church has ever experienced. So far, the United Methodist Church in our conference has been very generous to allow pastors and churches more leeway to remain together until things settle down and settle out. I have requested 
not to be moved. Our HR committee has also made this request to our district superintendent not to be moved this year. And I also, I want you to know, I want you to know, I have no plans, I have no plans to move to another church for for foreseeable future, even so far as 2025. Now, I've talked to the HR committee about this, and I've told them, and I've also talked to my district superintendent, and they support me, and my district superintendent supports me. He even said something that just kind of floored me. He said, you should talk to your church about that and let them know that that's what your plans are. District superintendents never say that because they always want you to say, you know, they don't want to get people's hopes up. I understand no one can predict what the future holds. It's all in God's hands. But we make our plans and we work to implement them until God changes them and shows us a different way. I want you to know I'm committed to be uh, the pastor here at this church as long as you will have me. I'm saying this because I know I've been here a lot longer than most United Methodist pastors are allowed to stay. Some people may be thinking, well, Chris has been here a long time, so he's not gonna be here much longer. Well, I want you to know I am planning to be here. I'm not the one that makes that decision. None of us can order what will happen in the days ahead. But as long as you will allow me, as long as God will allow me, as long as the United Methodist Church will allow me, I don't plan on, 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 I'm not looking to go anywhere else. And I want you also to know this. I'm not here to coast. I'm not here to just kind of ride along and, and just do what we've been doing. I am excited and energized to be here. I am more excited and energized about the possibilities to serve as your pastor at this church than I was when I came almost a, a little over a decade ago. I don't want to be here if I'm just coasting. And I know you don't want me to be here if I'm just coasting. I want to do excellent ministry, better than we've ever done before. And I think we can. I hope that you will be excited to do that with me and that you will work with me. We have a lot to do. And I believe God wants us to do it together. So let's get to it. One of the things I believe we need to focus on this year is more outreach to shut-ins. There are many people in our church family who are not able to come to church regularly because of age or health restrictions. They often feel lonely and disconnected from the church and from life in general. Ministering to them has been especially challenging during the pandemic because we weren't always able to go and visit, see them in hospitals or even in their homes. But we have got to do better to reach out to them, especially as things are opening more up. We've got to be there reaching out to them, encouraging them and including them. And I am committed as the pastor of this church to do better. I am committed. And last year I was able to resume some visiting and I believe I will be able to do more of that in the coming year. I've also began writing notes to all of them and making phone calls and I will do more of this in the coming year. I also want to start taking communion to shut-ins to give them that nourishing gift of grace from God. That's something that only I can do. 
because I'm the one who has been authorized by the church to bless the sacrament. However, our shut-ins deserve more than just their pastor's attention. The church is their family. They have known many of you way longer than they've known me. You are their family that they've grown up with, sometimes from when you were very little. This church is their family. You are their family, and they need you too to call them, to visit them, send them notes, show them your love. If we all help with this, there are more than enough people here at this church to serve these family members of our congregation. And I want you to pray about this. How could you help share Jesus' love to our shut-ins? I asked all of the ministry leaders of our church to share one thing that they wanted to focus on in 2022. David Crawford shared that he wants to focus on bringing more college students who have a passion and a talent for music, but like most college students, are not as involved in church. David wants to bring them in as interns to sing in the choir and to be a blessing to our church, but also to bless the students with a church family that will truly love them. Because I know, and he knows, nobody comes into Pleasant Grove and sits among us and leaves without having felt like the people in this place truly love them. And so if we can bring them in and say, hey, come sing some beautiful music with us, they will do that. But they will also be blessed because you will love on them. And so I hope that you will pray for that, support that effort. And when you see those people here, you go out of your way to love them. Our tech minister, Jeremy Barfield, said that his main goal for 2022 is to expand the tech volunteer base and train more people to serve in various ways in tech ministry here at church. We need more volunteers. We've got great volunteers right now, but they have... We don't have a deep bench, okay? The people that serve are here every Sunday. If they're sick, if they have to take a vacation, there's a big hole. And we need more people to come in and do that. Maybe you could be one of the people that helps with that. Or maybe you know somebody who could come here and help with that. And guess what? While they're here, they will also be loved on in a tremendous way. Tiffany's goals for our children's ministry are to participate in more outreach events. She wants to plan more outings for kids and get kids involved in active outreach and serving. She wants to plan ahead for our church events like Valentine's Day, Easter, Vacation Bible School, Trunk or Treat, Lunch with Santa, and some summer activities as well. My goal is to take communion to shut-ins and share this special sacrament with them so that they can draw strength from Jesus' presence in the bread and the wine. I also want to use YouTube and social media and other online tools to teach and preach God's word. I want to help lead this church through this challenge of the ongoing pandemic and also the coming split of the United Methodist Church into two separate denominations. One that allows same-sex marriage and ordination of self-professing 
homosexual pastors. And then a second denomination, which is a traditional denomination that teaches a biblical view of human sexuality, which remains in line with Orthodox Christians from around the world and through the centuries. The United Methodist Church is scheduled to hold a global general conference at the end of August this year. If they are able to meet, they will vote to split the denomination, and there will be many important decisions for our congregation to make after that happens. However, no one knows right now if General Conference will be able to meet. It is a complex thing to gather delegates from all over the world for a gathering of 2,000 or so people in one location. Add to this the fact that 40% of those delegates will be coming from places like Africa and the Philippines. And they will have to be dealing with travel restrictions, which we don't know what that's going to look like in August. If they are not able to meet like planned, the denominational split may proceed anyway, or it may be postponed. We don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Either way, these will be tricky waters for us to navigate. I hope that I have your trust to lead us through it all. Please pray for me, pray for our church, pray for our denomination in the midst of all of this this year. Now, I have uh, one last thing to do, and I can think of no better way to begin our new year together than by celebrating the sacrament of Holy Communion, where we remember Christ gave himself to wash away our sins and reconcile the world to God. And so we will celebrate this together today. Find the strength that we need for the coming year. And so we remember on the night that he gave himself up for us, Christ took bread. He gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Likewise, after the meal, he took the cup, he raised it to heaven, and he gave it to his disciples and said, take and drink from this, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for all that you have done for us in the past year. We thank you for Christ, whose death on the cross made it possible for us to be your ambassadors doing these wonderful ministries to tell the world about our Savior and our Lord. We come today at the beginning of this new year seeking strength from you in this holy sacrament. And so we pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on this bread and this wine, that they may be for us the body and blood of Christ. And pour out your Spirit upon us that we might be the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. We pray it in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.